The views and opinions of the following show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of News Talk 1450 WOL, Radio 1 Incorporated, or their management. Devin, the children's drum cushionist. And you know what? We're going to have another wonderful show. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. And uh, today's uh, show is brought to you by I Am We Nation Radio, the first 24-7 children's music radio station, as we say, providing global beats for little feet. Uh, you can uh, tune in. In fact, we play music that goes beyond the status quo that you generally don't hear in children's music. Uh, so just go to IamWeNation.com, and you can listen, uh, IamWeNation.com, and you can take a listen to. I want to, uh, again, give a shout-out uh, to all the children's artists out there that's doing their thing, and also to all the librarians and teachers that are out uh, making uh, ch- making things things nice. And I also want to give a shout-out to my buddy, uh, Netfa Freeman, for helping to put together today's show. We're going to have a wonderful show. Now, I got some heavy hitters in, in studio with me today. Um, and we have a very heavy topic that we want to talk about. But um, uh, we, we, for those who have never listened to this show, uh, this show is dedicated to educating parents, teachers, and guardians about the importance that music plays in a child's development and um, how you can take back control of what your children are listening to. In order to take back, you must first understand that we don't control it. And so this radio show speaks to what is called music adultification. Now, that's the term that the term adultification, I'm sure my, my guests may have heard of it, but it was a Georgetown University study. Uh, they first used the term to speak on how black girls are treated differently in the school systems, where they're viewed as much older, uh, they, they usually get worse discipline, uh, they're overly, overly sexualized. And so that term adultification first came up there. And then I added music in front of it and then said we're going to talk about it from uh, really from children in general, but specifically for African children, for black children, on how the fact that we force our children to listen to inappropriate adult music. And so the first time in Radio One's history, my understanding is that they've ever had a program that's dedicated uh, to just this. So for those listening, make sure that you pass the word on, talk to some um, some of your librarians, your teachers, uh, and let them, let them know that we're filling this gap. And today is a real, uh, you know, I, I guess a great example of what we call music adultification, because today we're going to talk about uh, Rockabye Baby's uh, lullaby renditions of Snoop Dogg's uh, greatest hits. Um, now, uh, for those who don't really or may not recall, a lullaby is music that generally is catered toward children. That's supposed to be soft and soothing uh, to make them want to go to sleep. Um, and uh, so we're going to talk about <laughs> waking our people up about uh, this message here and uh, and what we got to, what we got going on now in studio with me today. Um, we have um, Dr. Mark Bolden. He's the assistant professor uh, in the Department of Counseling at Bowie State University. And then also we have Professor and, and Dr. It's Dr. Right? Yeah, Dr. Dr. Jared Ball. He, he probably don't even go by that. But he is a professor at Morgan State University, but also the author of the book, I Mix What I Like. I always keep a, a copy of this, but you really... Uh, we will talk a little bit more on how you can get a copy of of his book. I mix what I like. Welcome to the Uncle Devin Show. It's a pleasure, <laughs> absolute pleasure to be here. I've sold your books to many folks who just had some children. Oh man, and you Thank got you. Uh, budding percussionists all around the world no with ABCs of percussion. <laughs> and my they daughters go. extend their greetings because oh, right. they they that's used right. to we used to be frequent uh, participants or audience, that's right. you know, members of your shows. That's right, and, and uh, uh, try to highlight your work for a long time. Well, so definitely appreciate that. Well, I yeah. appreciate that, and you know, trying to trying to make a difference and. And even uh, for some reason, and we can just kind of start here, 
somewhere, you know, being part of the Pan-African struggle for years and organizing, the one thing I can say is that the, the field of music as it relates to children is something that we really as a community haven't really focused on. I'll just open it up first before we even jump into uh, the lullaby's uh, work of, of Snoop Dogg. From your perspective, what's the importance that music plays in, in society? From your perspective, I know you, I know you deal with it both at Bowie and, and at Howard University. I mean, Bowie and Morgan, sorry about that. Sure. So, um, in general, music sets rhythm, patterns, trends, and provides ways of children to be socialized in society. So, mm-hmm. With music doing that, it instructs children on what they listen to. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the melodies, rhymes, songs, patterns, speech, tell them what to repeat. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about human beings as a process of memory, mm-hmm. music gives children the template for the early memories. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about what children are listening to, the songs they sing, um, African children are under systems of colonization from jump. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you think about um, something like Beethoven. Yes. For children. Mm-hmm. And if you play this music, you'll get an Einstein. Mm-hmm. Right. So the goal of children is to listen to European classical music mm-hmm. and then become Einstein. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. So then wow. where would the African thinkers come from? OK. Absolutely. And then that. That really says to us, the work that you're doing is critical. Thank you. And then it says for the folks who are the entrepreneurs, you should have been created a little device that we can play some Coltrane or Uncle Devin's music on this device and have it just played over and over by the children's hands. But for some reason, it just seemed like we just never even thought about it. I mean, is it was it intentional? I mean, even even as an artist, I was you know I played with so many groups. Uh, shout out to Head Rock and. Um, uh, got to see us and all. I play with a lot of groups uh, educating adults, but I never even thought about the whole thing of children until I had nephews and nieces, to be honest. And is it something that you think is systematic? You think it's consciously um, gearing us toward uh, staying away from that? I mean, I think absolutely. And, and if you think about, um, well, one, I, I just wanted to add that, you know, we have to remember also that music is marketing. It's it's mm-hmm. branding of not only commercial products, but but grand ideas. Mm-hmm. So, 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 all of us are socialized through the music that we hear as children. That's right. Uh, and this is intentionally designed as a marketing, advertising, uh, weaponized uh, mm-hmm. platform and, uh, and action. Right, right. Uh, one of the reasons why I think we might not I- engage in a lot of different entrepreneurial uh, activities is just the relationship we have to the economy. Yeah. I mean, you have to always just remember, I That's mean, right. you know, a lot of people have great ideas, mm-hmm. but you need uh, access, you need capital, you need marketing, you need support, you need commercial apparatuses to, to take that idea and make it into, you know, mm-hmm. something that can go to market. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to just make it that we just aren't thinking on yeah. that level. I yeah. think then, but then I also do think that there is, or there can be at times uh, uh, what I would consider a positive blind spot. That's right. Among a lot of good people, to think I'm not trying to develop something for commercial. So a lot of people, I even did it myself. You know, develop things for, that we use in our households mm-hmm. that we're not thinking of uh, trying to mass market and bring to market and, sh- and, and sell yeah. and to, to everybody right. else. So I, I think there are a lot of different reasons That's why right. that doesn't happen. And then, of course, just lastly, those in power do by intent. Mm-hmm. want to deliver upon us all mm-hmm. of these products. Mm-hmm. That's right. And they have the already the existing infrastructure uh, mm-hmm. to do it. So, you know, mm-hmm. one of the interesting things is that the first lady of children's music is a, a sister in her 90s now named Ella Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Um, many of us have probably sung some of her songs before um, and didn't even realize that she either wrote them or popularized them. Uh, she was one of the first uh, to start teaching our children different languages, Swahili, mm-hmm. or she'll go around uh, around the world and talking about different cultures, which was phenomenal. But right now, the field of children's music um, has been pr- predominantly dominated uh, by white culture, which is why we do what we do. Now, bringing it back to our topic today um, and dealing with uh, lullabies of uh, Snoop Dogg's music, I want to first just say that, um, I, you know, looking at uh, the, the the website uh, for the company, Snoop Dogg, uh, well, Rockabye ba- Baby, in fact, I just pulled it up. Let me let me go back to it. Rockabye Baby is not something that um, is a company separate from Death Row. 
Now let's talk a little bit real quick. If somebody can give a history of what you may know of of, of Snoop Dogg and Death Row music, and and they were popularized. I guess was it the early nineties they came early out? 90s, yeah. yeah. And Death Row music uh, had all types of songs, and I've always maintained that growing up and listening to conscious rap, conscious rap is that you know every aspect of our music was to educate, was to reflect our history, and. My reflection of Death Row music, definitely of Snoop Dogg's music, was to move us away from conscious rap to gin and juice, and we then and and, and then the marketing really kind of went behind that. Can either one of you all speak to your experience with um with the music, and if you have a different perspective, let me know. I mean, more or less like what you said. I mean, I, I came up in in, in, in the late seventies and eighties, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, was a lover of hip hop mm-hmm. and just remembered the the variety we used to have access oh, to. Man. And, and I do want to say, you know, raising children now and teaching classes about music, I am reminded of how much music that I love that was horrible politically yes. and culturally. I, I don't well, want to act here. like, you know, That's I, you know right. I loved uh, Snoop when he first came out. Yeah. I loved all the yeah. uh, the deep cover track and all that, all the, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember even then starting to raise certain questions even just to, yeah. you know in my small circles of how did we go from mm-hmm. where is all this coming from really mm-hmm. like you know all the gangsters and all this other stuff mm-hmm. uh looking back i mean it is not a, i don't think it is a coincidence that that we went from 1989 and public enemies fight the power being a, 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 mm-hmm. a smash leading hit to mm-hmm. gin and juice coming out in 92 mm-hmm on a record label that was previously owned by Seagram's Gin. Mm. I mean, you know, these the coincidences yeah. are, are, are beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and I do believe that there is an intent and power to, to shift politics targeting young people, as mm-hmm. music does, away from certain radical political right. content. So... Okay. Uh, uh, but anyway, but I, you know, mm-hmm. I loved it. I liked it all, and, yeah. and 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 uh, only looking back, mm-hmm. so uh, pr- professionally and as sort of an activist, mm-hmm. did I start to raise certain questions and, and come to certain conclusions as to how that happened. Well, you know? what we're gonna do real quick, and, and Dr. Bowden, before I let you go, we're gonna take a, a, a brief break, um, and when we return in about sixty seconds, I'm gonna talk a little bit about uh, Rockabye Baby, the company that mm-hmm. produced this, mm-hmm. and then we can continue on this topic of Death Row Records and also of Snoop Dogg here on Uncle Devin's show here on WOL 1450 AM. Uh, Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Uh, This is uh, the Uncle Devin show here on WOL 1450 AM. Uh, and I am your host, the Children's Drum Cushionist, and we're here uh, talking uh, about uh, a new CD that, that was released uh, by a company called Rockabye Baby. And it is uh, lullaby renditions of Snoop Dogg's greatest hits. And in studio, I have Dr. Mark Bowden, assistant professor in the Department of Counseling at Bowie State University. And I also have Dr. Jared Ball. And Jared, what, what department are you in at Morgan? I'm in the School of Global Journalism and Communication. Okay. See, absolutely. Multi-platform <laughs> production department. All my wonderful colleagues. Oh, wow. University. Okay. And he's uh, also the author of I Mix What I Like, uh, a mixtape manifesto. Did I miss uh, any book that you have? Um uh, yeah, it's, it's called Unpublished, and it's not out yet. <laughs> okay. The hottest book you never read, and the dopest book I never wrote. <laughs> I just want to make sure I ain't miss anything. Uh, but so anyway, let's go. Um, let's talk about Rockabye Baby for a minute. Now, Rockabye Baby is a is a company that's separate from Def Def Joe, from what I can see. And I'm looking on their website, RockabyeBabyMusic.com. Um, according to their site, they're staffed by music lovers from all corners of the world. Headquartered in Los Angeles, in the Los Angeles label, neighborhood of uh, Silver Lake, the label takes the rock music parents love and transforms it into soothing instrumental lullabies. In short, Rockabye Baby makes rock music baby friendly and kids music adult friendly. Our and this, I'm just reading from this site. Our award-winning rock lullaby series consists of more than 90 releases to date, including lullaby renditions of Bob Marley. The Beatles, Coldplay, and Adele. The resulting albums are uh, revolutionary yet 
uh, what they say, um, uh, well, they say revolutionary. Now we 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 gonna definitely take issue with with that term. Um, and they sold over 1.8 million CDs and two million digital track downloads um, uh, of the music. So now talking about that, and 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 see, this is what I'm talking about with music adultification. I don't think that at all music, first of all, you can make adult friendly. Some things need to stay as adult music. I don't have a problem with. Uh, certain music that's being played and and adults want to listen to that but for some reason we are not creating specific content about that talk a little bit about death row if you don't mind um i know dr bowden you had talked talked a little bit about we want to touch on that what is your history of that and also um some of your understanding of of snoop himself i just want to like use the term death row to think about what that means okay so death row is a place where people are held in torture until they die determined by uh, the state's decision to continue to torture them or to act in terms of their sovereignty and say that this is justified killing for somebody who may or may not have done something to deserve death. Right. So the state actually being able to execute people is one of these facets of American sovereignty. But if you think about the sentencing project and how many actual death row cases are overturned, right. then we could say that you know death row is a place that should be abolished and the That's ability right. to, to assassinate people should be abolished by the state. Right. right. So let's just make that. Okay. But That's now right. if, if Suge, the alleged owner mm-hmm. or um, head of death row records, mm-hmm. is actually able to, to produce music on it, then it says this is a safe haven for murderers. Mm, wow. And that we're going to torture you by controlling your music. Right. Right? Right. And so you won't get the rights to your music, as we saw with the kind of work that he had to go through with Tupac or Easy e mm-hmm. and just all of the nefarious stories that come out of whether or not he was behind the assassination of Easy e through lethal injections. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is Ice Cube's title. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so then you just start thinking about it and you think about like Suge on, on national television making like yeah. jokes around his role in the uh alleged assassinations of the aforementioned. Yeah. Wow. I mean So I just I just don't trust a label that's torturing people and mm-hmm. practicing execution by the state in title to be in charge of the socialization of children's minds. Okay. I don't think children should be tortured by that. Well, and 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 but if we even go or back to if we go back to the origins of nursery rhymes and I, and my, my audience may know that uh, again a couple of weeks ago I had the honor of doing a, a workshop at the People of Color Conference in Seattle uh entitled Racism and Children's Music. Um, practical steps for liberating music for the black child. And part of that, we dealt with the origins of nursery rhymes, of cartoons and um how they used the music then to depict our community and many of the images they used of black children was always dirty, unkept. They were always around animals. They were used as alligator bait, all these types of things. And many times you'll see them even depicting them with knives because today they would say we shoot each other. But back then it was always the knives and we would accidentally cut our head off and those types of things. It was always dealing with death and destruction. So it's to me, it's, it's, it's ironic that death row music is now being converted to nursery rhymes, which to me is one of the worst forms of music adultification um, that we can have out there. So I, I guess, you know, with that, uh, now I know, uh, Jared, you had listened to the CD itself. What was your take on the music well, I mean, and the quality? And- I mean, honestly, as, you know, as, a, as a music lover and someone trying to be as honest with himself as possible about my own contradictions musically, you know, I said, well, let me at least listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I honestly thought I was going to hear some some rhymes or yeah. some, yeah. you know, you know, whatever. It just sounded like a very poorly done. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say initially I was going to say keyboard, but I, that's it, giving no, it too it, much it, credit. It's, it's it, a cheesy, it's, it's, it's like a, a very little cheesy, cheesy exactly. keyboard. Yeah. And, and just imagine when we talk about lullabies, think about the music that you generally hear on ice cream truck. Right. You know, that the bells. Now, some are done well. I, I got some artists that they do nothing but lullabies, and they'll do some lullabies of different things, but I, I agree with this. No, and, and, and it even was, at, at times, hard to recognize where the song was coming from. Like, yeah. like in terms of the, 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 the copying of the original didn't even seem to come through that well. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very um, diminished. Right. 
you know, so I, I mean, just aesthetically, I was like, this isn't yeah. even hot. It's not yeah. even. It's not even a challenge to not like it. Yeah. To, to be a critic of it, you know, yeah. uh, they didn't even <laughs> do it justice. They, they, but if you play it four thousand times in a row, there you yes. go. Well, and I mean, and that's the thing. And I'm yeah. listening to it as someone grew, growing up on the original, mm-hmm. not as a child in the yes. crib, never having heard it at all, having heard, hearing it over and over and over again. But look, look at the titles, though. The titles no of, the, the, of the songs, Gin and Juice, Sensual Seduction, mm. Drop It Like It's Hot. Mm-hmm. Now, why would you want any parent to think about any of those things while having their baby in their arms? Um, I mean, and and again, if we think about the music and look, uh, we were talking about the videos. Um, mm-hmm. I can't stand going back and looking at those videos. I mean, I was younger before I may have looked at it. Before. But when you go back and look at what they were portraying in his music at that time, to me, the last thing you want is to associate that with children. And I'm very defensive about that. Well, that's that's a good point, because in the video for Gin and Juice, mm-hmm. it's actually a play off the movie Home Alone. Where mm-hmm. his parents are going out and telling oh, wow, Snoop right. to take I care of the children, yes, and then right. you know he, you see him slap his face and make the Home Alone face all together, right? Mm-hmm. So just stay there, and you're like, oh right, this Home Alone original yeah. was fodder for child sex traffickers, mm. and Macaulay Culkin mm. was the face That's of right. child sex traffickers. That's right, he was. right. That's right. So now Snoop is repeating what he's seen on TV or the video depicts Snoop repeating that. But then remember, he's supposed to be taking care of the children. Yeah, that's right. Now, Snoop was an 18-year-old dude when he entered the the music scene. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how many Mm 18-year-old young men do you want taking care of your children Mm -hmm. in a house to themselves with every stereotypical moment in movies Mm -hmm. saying this is the point where you invite everybody to have a party? What are they going to do at your party? Drink gin and juice. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. you got children. The American Academy of Pediatrics just said, stop letting children drink juice until they're a certain age. Wow. Not actually saying just stop having them drink juice altogether. Yeah, yeah. But I so know just they, straight gin. Just, <laughs> right. That's, what, that, that's the message we're but, trying to deliver here this morning. But even there, right? right? If the children have right. teething pains, what do uh, people used to do? Yeah, that's right. Hit them with the hot toddy, rub a right. little alcohol in their gums. That's it. So this is a country and culture from the Western European perspective that never understood that children have developmental needs Mm -hmm. that they don't know how to address, right? Mm -hmm. So they always treated children like little adults. Mm -hmm. So the music adultification is perfect. That's right. But then the flip side happens. Mm -hmm. You have a perpetual Peter Panning of Mm -hmm. adults to want to be children. Mm -hmm. So it's adult childification yes. and child adultification. I was speaking to my buddy, uh, Dr. Sean Bediaco up at UMBC. That's my man. <laughs> we know that. That's, that's, our, that's my we man. We know that dude. What's up, Dr. Sean? He, he was the first person I called when I first saw this. I woke him up. It was about 1030 at night or 11. I don't think he was asleep, but I know, you know, we got the children and all. And I, I was just fired up. And he said, Devin, what bothers me the most is not that they taking the music uh, and making it child friendly, but all these adults that want to take this, uh, uh, make lullaby music for them. What is it saying about them? So he he flipped it on me, just kind of what you were saying with that. But uh, but but to me, that's what it is. It's it's. Um, I don't even think it's a, a conscious thought. And many people, when they hear about this song or, or this CD, they just start laughing. Oh, mm-hmm. he he crazy. But this is serious because what. I guess the question is, if a child hears this and then grows up and hears the original lyrics, I mean, all of us know that when we hear something when we're younger, it just brings back memories all of, all of a sudden. What memories are we leaving for these children now if they learn and listen to these, um, to, you know, to listen to this melody? Is my, and my you, you can tell where Snoop is because his name is Snoop mm-hmm. <laughs> Dog. Right. Right? So he's in the Peanuts gang. That's right. With Charlie Brown <laughs> and Snoopy. Right. So if he's stuck there, he's already vibing off the cartoon images of the cool dog. All right. right. Cool. So stay there. And the cartoon is then used to bypass people's consciousness uh, and decisions to defend the psyche against outside of vulnerable attacks. Now, we're going to have to take another quick break. I'm going to come back to you, Jared, and you can uh, follow up with that. If you want to join the conversation, you can give us a call at one 800 Four five zero seven eight seven six. That's one eight hundred four five zero seven eight seven six. And I'd like to know whether you believe that this uh, CD is appropriate for children or not. Give us a call, uh, and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
1450 WOL. All right, welcome back. This is the Uncle Devin Show here on WOL 1450 AM. Um, and your studio's here in Silver Spring, Maryland. And, um, and I want to welcome again our guest and say that the show is brought to you by I Am We Nation Radio, the first 24-7 children's and family music radio station with, uh, that provides global beats for little feet. Uh, mo- our children are being musically neglected and ignored, and this station is dedicated to change that. So you can go to I Am We Nation with two E's, and actually We stands for Watoto Entertainment and Education. Uh, Watoto being Swahili for children. Uh, so uh, tune in, IamWeNation.com. You'll hear some phenomenal music. And it is not just uh, the, the, you know, it ain't this ain't the music that you're used to. Uh, this is some phenomenal artists. Uh, we got Grammy-nominated, Grammy winners, everything that's on there. So tune in, IamWeNation.com for more. Again, this is a show today where we're discussing the whole issue of um, Rockabye Baby's lullaby renditions of Snoop Dogg and ask, and really answering the question, is it appropriate for children or not? And uh, in studio today, um, we have uh, Reverend, uh, Reverend, listen to me, um, Dr. Mark Bowden um, from... The irreverent. Irreverent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, from Bowie State University and then also uh, Dr. Jared Ball out of Morgan State University. Uh, and the author of I Mix What I Like. So let me ask, and I, I know you wanted to chime in, Jared. I just um, wanted to make the quick point that, the, I, you know, I, I do like to remind that there is a politics to celebrity and, and stardom. Mm-hmm. So we, it doesn't have to be about a critique of the man himself in terms right. of Snoop, but there is a function to his celebrity. And I've, yes. I've argued, you know, somewhat ironically, but ultimately I believe this, that, you know, like his celebrity has only existed and been buttressed and developed and sustained over all these years mm-hmm. so that he could be around to speak out against Colin Kaepernick. Mm. So, in other, you know, in other mm. words, that that there is a function and mm. a function to to sustaining celebrity. And one mm. of the ways that celebrity repeats it or re- reinvigorates itself is to not really advance. Okay. So one of the reasons why, you know, if you listen to Snoop's content with all respect, same thing, you know, Jay-Z, a lot yeah. of cats that stick around for a long time, That's we're right. not really hearing men approaching their 50s or in their 50s rhyming about being 50. That's right. We hear a lot of I'm rhyming as if I'm still in my 20s because that's who they're talking to. And that's a right. lot of the commercial product, to your point, mm-hmm. and I think you're doing a great job in highlighting this more than most of us. Mm-hmm is that a lot of the commercial product is targeting children to get us locked in and attuned to certain ideas and ways of thinking the same way marketers try to get us situated to certain brands from an early age, knowing that if you buy a certain brand the first time or a certain car the first time, you're going to stick with it. Uh, It's the same thing with how you view yourself and your relationship to the world. So so it, it is not to be taken lightly. And the fact that this company does songs from white artists or rock and roll and other, other genres shouldn't be taken to mean that we shouldn't be particularly concerned about what happens when it's targeting us because that is the point, that uh, when, it, when the, the, the industry's eye, sort of, so to speak, looks at us, the, 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 the generated power and impact is much more severe and worse. And that's a good point. I I, I know that, um, um, you know, I, I I love the idea of at least is getting some attention about what we do with children's music. And I just want us to be more deliberate and intentional. I mean, we have the ability to change minds at an early age. I mean, between zero and three, the human brain, I guess, gains almost 80 percent of its capacity and in, in what is what you're learning. And yet. In our community, I don't know that we've been very deliberate. Individuals are. I know, you know, brothers like yourself and others who, who, who may focus on that. You know, will, will be that way. But generally, in general, we don't really focus on. Uh, you know, globally, there's no national children's music, uh, you know, area uh, arena in our community. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that we can, we can change that. But I want to make sure that people understand to think about what they're putting before their children. I can imagine right now a child saying, Mama, can you put on gin and juice for me, please? Can And sensual seduction at a time when our children and our babies are being ripped off like they are on, on a regular basis, to me is really, really, um, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know if they did it intentionally or just, just throwing something out to try to make some money, but I got some concerns with that. But let me ask you, I guess I already know your response, but I'm going to ask the question, do you think that this song is appropriate or this CD is appropriate for children? 
I mean, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but to be fair, I think most commercial media product is not appropriate for children right. of any kind. Right. Um, I do just want to say, though, very quickly, you know, parenting for me, as I joke often, is is a par- exercise in powerlessness, and it's it's. In the, in the sense that it is, it is increasingly difficult mm-hmm. to keep, to insulate your children from ideas and images That's right. that you don't want them to be exposed to. Uh, and if the, the, to the extent that we are not, uh, my family included, are, are sufficiently organized politically or culturally to, in certain settings, it does us all damage. It's very difficult to, to, and it's a contradiction I know I struggle with personally on a daily basis, that... Uh, being aware, as I claim I am, about this environment, I'm not always uh, vigilant enough or strong enough. So when you think about the average, you know, situation that most of us are in, you know, we work all the time. We're, we're you know, there are certain things that we 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 would hope other institutions would be there to help us with. You know, we can't. Uh, for the most part, for instance, we can't follow up on every single medication and the histories that our that our doctor is giving our child in yeah. the way that we can follow up on every other media product. And, you know, that's right. at some point we need other uh, <laughs> help. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so I just want to say that, that not that we shouldn't do more. I shouldn't do more. But it, there is a context here that we are stuck in that 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 uh, requires some some sort of focus as well. And that's what we're hoping to provide uh, is a resource, mm-hmm. another resource um, for us to think about. And. I don't even know if it's necessarily a good idea to insulate our children from this music. Uh, I think we need to focus more on music literacy and making our children aware as they grow old, the good from the good from the bad, how to discern what they're sure. listening to. And, and even asking the question, um, what is the objective of uh, the engineer of this artist for putting this product before me? What do they want me to do as a result of that? Because every song has an intent and getting them to think about what that intent is. I mean, um, to me, that that's always important. Even like images, you were talking about Snoop's um, video. <laughs> when I was a youth director, I used to I, I used to get the youth together and say, okay, we're gonna watch videos today. And they were like, okay, great. Well, I put the video in and I turned the volume all the way down. That's a great will, exercise. I, we yeah, will absolutely. Look at videos and see exactly what is it that the camera, whoever's behind that camera is want, wanting you to see certain things. And, um, and to me, that's real important. So from your experience, um, Dr. Bowden, what, uh, Mark, what, what do you see in terms of with a relationship between what the, the children's music right now, or at least this attempt here? And again, I, 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 I want to make sure I'm clear, as you mentioned Jared, that this is not, I don't know Snoop. I've never met Snoop. This is not a direct atta- uh, attack on him. He can be doing some great things in the world. I don't know. I just don't know that when he did his gospel CD, he didn't take any of his music here that he's given to children and convert it to gospel music because he knew people knew the origin. I know you want to answer, but I just want to, before I forget that point, I just want to point out that we don't even know that he has control over this. And, and, that's, that's and it's it. that's more than likely that Snoop yeah. owns none of that music. That's so what I'm, I'm he probably thinking. had nothing to do with this, to be fair to him. Uh, and he's probably not making any money off of it or, or certainly not relative to the owners of the songs themselves. Yeah. Um, we would have to look into that, but I'm almost sure that he doesn't own his death row catalog. I can't even imagine it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time, <laughs> that he's yeah. shugging them and whoever and Heller and whoever else was around at that time would allow him to walk out. Is, uh, anyway, my bad. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, but that's that's a good point. I think um, for me, the the work that you do, Uncle Devin, is critical. So mm-hmm. you can stay in the in the children's ears. With the music you put out, um, Culture Queen, uh, Kumba Kids mm-hmm. can stay on heavy rotation, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, I don't know if there is a place for music literacy for zero to five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I don't yeah. know if the children are going to know the difference yeah. between it because Disney is so pervasive uh-huh. that you can't escape it. Whether you play it, watch it, listen to it, read it or not. It will find a way right. to you. That's right. right? Yeah. And then That's so the Disney songs really take on a life of their own. And if you just think about these folks, you know, they are working to kill parents yeah. early on in the movie. Yeah. Um, shout out to Mufasa. <laughs> no but doubt. they killed Mufasa as soon as they could in that movie. Right. Yes. Quickness. And so, you know, their goal is to traumatize children to mm-hmm. think about losing their parents immediately. Right. And then mm. the redemption is. Is that the you know, Bambi story, to, too? Nearly, nearly oh, all wow, of these stories, that's right? right? Mm-hmm. Nearly all Disney of them. Disney is a monster. Yeah, so then <laughs> on top of that, 
<laughs> then you would have the remakes of it, right? So mm-hmm. we lost the original children mm-hmm. who grew up to the first Lion King. Mm-hmm. And then we want to remind those parents who are now um, having their own children mm-hmm. to go take the children to the That's next right. Lion King That's movie. Right. Yeah. So the same thing could be said with whoever owns Snoop's music. Right. right. You listened to it growing up as a youth. So now in your adulthood, indoctrinate your children with this music, not even thinking about the developmental time period in which you were listening to Snoop's music. That's right. Now, for me, mm-hmm. I really didn't like Snoop's music when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have any nostalgia about playing gin and juice for anybody. Right. Um, well, well, what kills me when people say, I like the beat. Oh, I just love his beat. And I'm like, oh, you mean there's some other people? No, like, and at the time, I liked the whole yeah. activity. Mm-hmm. So I was rolling down the street, smoking yeah. Indo, dripping on gin and juice. I did the <laughs> right. whole thing. I loved the whole thing. So I'm I'm a total, you know, yeah. uh, hypocrite, contradictory old man oh, no, no, at this no, point. You, you, Whatever it is. It's, it's evolution. A, no, it's just, a baby boom bapper. A baby boom bapper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I like that. Um yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. No. No. But I mean. But we all. Uh, but I think we, it's, I call it evolution though, because we all evolve. And, yeah. and and even if Snoop evolves, maybe like I say, he, he's he's branching out. I know he did the gospel CD. He did. He. he uh, I don't. Again, I don't know if he had anything to do with this, and maybe that's the direction he wants to go in. Um, I welcome any artist mm-hmm. who wants to focus on uh, making music that's appropriate for our children. Um, I just wish that more. I wish whoever came up with this concept would have thought a little bit better. Uh, about the titles and about the music that they want them to re-listen to, because to me that is um, dangerous. It's very dangerous. Well, let's let's put it in the same context of how many parents were playing "I Believe I Can Fly" mm. before Surviving R. Kelly's theme that's came it. out, right? And, and knowing what happened at the time, yeah, that song when that song came out, it wasn't like what was going on now wasn't it wasn't new. We knew what was going. We knew on. about Aaliyah. Yeah. Look, I, I I don't tell this story often enough, but I think it's important in relationship to this. That when 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 Bashi Rose and I were working on that George Jackson um, uh, music um, uh, video mixtape some mm-hmm. years ago, we were trying to use Jay Dilla's music, um, the late great Jay Dilla. We wanted to use some of his instrumentals. Mm-hmm. He does not own his estate mm-hmm. and family do not own all of them. So some of the wow. the more classic joints are spread out through all these subsidiaries. And we reached out to one uh, based in London and said, this is what we want to use. This is, it's educational. We're not selling it. It's not commercial. Mm-hmm. We're not mm-hmm. making any money. It's not going to upset your market value. It's, okay. it's a tribute to Jay Dilla. And specific in the email response was, we would not ever let our music be attached to something of this nature. Really? So and my point is that there is a politics to this. George okay. Jackson's politics are very different than a commercial rendition for a lullaby distribution, blah, blah, blah. So in other words, you're more likely to, you know, the, the people that manage this content that have nothing to do often with the artists themselves mm-hmm. have a bias. So right. they will say you can use it for this, but you can't use it for that mm-hmm. uh, based on what their interests are. So that's another way, uh, you know, reason why I think it's always good to be a little bit critical of what gets promoted and, mm-hmm. and allowed to come out because. Mm-hmm. It's serving some function, even when we like it. Right, right, right. Uh, anyway, that, yeah. that's a good point because mm-hmm. I was confused when Death Row Records came out. Okay, I thought it was going to be about Mumia Abu Jamal's <laughs> recordings being played over and over and over oh. since he was on Death Row. Yeah. So when Mumia comes out with Live from Death Row, I'm, mm-hmm. I was confused. Right, right, cool. and that's where these terms they get you mixed up. And you could be thinking you're going to listen to Mumia, mm-hmm. and then you get Shug. And you and get the, Shug. And the, yeah. the two is... are not the same. And, you know, you were talking about Disney. Um, part of my presentation that I did the other day was looking at the the cultural appropriation of Disney's oh, music. Oh, man. man. And I'm How gonna... much time did you have? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, we, really? we, we can go there because, uh, okay, we're we going we to take a break in just a minute. But we, let's talk a little bit about that because when you look at uh, their movies in 67, uh, they had The Jungle Book which was based out of China, mm-hmm. which was uh, very offensive to um, a lot of uh, Asian uh, sisters and brothers. Of course, you talked about The Lion King coming out of Africa. Uh, Mulan, I believe, is the name of the movie. Another one out of China. But they also produced Tarzan. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was the, you got the Tarzan movies, uh, The Emperor's New Groove, 
which is based out of Peru. Mm-hmm. The ancient Incan Empire. Yeah, the, yeah. Cusco. I mean, we got to remember Walt Disney himself was explicit in his hatred of yes. anybody that was not white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Yes. So, like, he was very clear. Like, you know, I don't like any of these people. We mm-hmm. can go to war with any of these people. And there's a great book, a classic from the 70s that had to be translated out of Spanish called How to Read Donald Duck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madelart mm-hmm. is one of the authors. It is one of the best books I've ever read on the, on on what these images do and the content of these cartoons mean for children. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not just it it, it it it's not just a cartoon. It's not just entertainment. There's a lot of dangerous messages that come out in all of this. Um, and as Disney expands, taking over Marvel, mm-hmm. taking over mm-hmm. the streaming universe and mm-hmm. Hulu and all this. I mean, you know. Uh, it, it, your work couldn't be more important yeah. uh, uh, than any point other than right now. Uh, so, yeah. Well, we're going to um, pause for the calls and let's talk a little bit more about cultural appropriation and see if, you know, is this, this is Snoop's music, even though it's there, it's like, it, well, we'll talk a little bit to see if there's any relationship between that and the company that owns them because the people that run Rockabye Baby, I understand, don't look like you and I or Snoop or anything like that. You're listening to Uncle Devin's show here on WOL 1450 AM. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. Tune in to the Uncle show to the Uncle 1450 WOL. And welcome back. You're listening to Uncle Devin's show here on WOL. 14.50 a.m. coming to you from the Silver Spring Studios. And today's show is brought to you by I Am We Nation Radio, the first 24-7 children's music radio station uh, that bring, provides global beats for little feet. On the station, you're going to hear music from hip-hop, go-go, reggae, um, you, you name it, all around the world. You're gonna, we're going to go old school. We're going to go new school. But you can, uh, in order to listen, you got to go to IamWeNation.com. I am We Nation with two E's dot com. We have hey man, a, real quick. I, I'm forget the interruption, uh-huh. but you mentioned it. Thank you for including GoGo in the work that you do. I've always <laughs> appreciated that, man. It's, you. It's, you know, being from this area, it's, you know, mm-hmm. appreciate that. Well, man. thank just, you. Just in fact, uh, stay tuned. I'm, I'm working on something right now that will probably be a first in GoGo, and uh, it's focusing on children. That's what's so, up. Um, um, I'm, I'm a Googleite. Grew up in Sea Pleasant, Maryland. Shout out to the Sea Pleasant crew. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but but even even that music itself, um, I love it. But I have to turn it off sometimes because it's almost as if it's a struggle. It's a yeah. It's not it's not going anywhere. We're we're singing about the same destructive behavior, in my opinion. Um, uh, and many times the music isn't even original. And maybe that's even the other thing with with, with this CD. I mean, I I don't think they say uh, his lullaby renditions. I would have appreciated it better if Snoop would have just come up with different melodies and just did a, a lullaby CD sure. than his original stuff. That, to me, is what we're with really... original appropriate content. That, that's it. Because we all... Yeah. I, I, I'm cool. Again, I, I'm not I'm not trying to, like you say, be holier than thou or anything like that. But but um, but I, one of my uh, Facebook uh, f- uh, folks uh, had asked a question about um, uh, continuing on with Disney and focusing on the issue of, uh, of Disney and, and corporate uh, appropriation and all. And I think somebody was going to continue the comment, was going to say something about We didn't even mention yeah. Black Panther, but go ahead. So, <laughs> so briefly, um, like if we just stay with The Lion King, the, the song The Lion Sleeps Tonight mm-hmm. is a stolen melody mm-hmm. from uh, some Zulu folk in Southern Africa, wow. right? And then Disney has lost the lawsuit or settled. They settled it. Mm-hmm. And they are required to pay them upwards of $2 million and they'll probably pay a penny a year to oh, the Oh, and they've already started blaming the family. the family for the misappropriation of the funds. Right. They've already started blaming them. Yeah. Oh, they, and so that would be mm-hmm. one thing. But then the story of the Lion King is stolen like three or four times over mm-hmm. from um, from like the, the Asian um, mm-hmm. the Asian animation studio. So when they have the white lion, like it's, I think it's called Simba the White Lion. Uh-huh. Oh right? yeah, wow. I remember Kimba the White Lion. Kimba the White Lion. Kimba, yeah, Kimba the White Lion. Yeah, when we and were you young, couldn't yeah. get too creative by calling it Simba. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. totally different. Yeah, totally different. All vanilla ice, man. Yeah, mm. yeah. And uh, and, and mm. I had a guest on a couple of weeks ago. Um, a good buddy of mine. I don't know if y'all ever met him, but uh, brother Josek Asakeo. He's with the group called Jabali Africa. Mm. And they came out of, uh, they were big in Kenya at the time, uh, back in the 1970s. And um, after they blew up there, they decided to come to the United States, was in Pittsburgh and in, in studio. Um, and they were just doing their African drum rhythms. And it was the same studio as Mr. Rogers. 
and he heard it, and he had them on their show. They've been blowing up ever since. But he knew the uh, the original artists mm-hmm. of the song that the Disney appropriated. Um, the uh, what was the name of the song? Um, um, well, Embuye. Uh, yeah, that yeah. one, and also, um, oh, Grace is my wife will probably remember. I'm terrible with names, but they did settle. Um, and in fact, what it, what Disney said was that they would allow anyone, even though they owned the copyright, if you used it, they won't. You know, you're not violating anything. It's open. It's open copyright type of thing. But who are you to steal someone else's? culture someone else's identity like that and that's been you know but all this stuff is i mean even yeah. the stuff that doesn't come from africa yeah. you know the snow white white snow whites and the cinderellas and mm-hmm. you know, all of that are old stories that they've taken from someone else you know mm-hmm. uh, they're old sex trafficking stories so if you think about what happens to most of the white women in these stories they're either like um locked up in a prison or drugged somehow right and right. then just waiting for some man to to Come and rescue Whisk them. them away. Yeah, right. Wow. That's right. That's right. So they're all prisoners of war. Right. I want to read a comment from a, a fellow uh, children's artist, Renee uh, Collins Georges. Now she's not only a children's artist, but she's a singer too. She used to back up sing uh, for um, uh, uh, what's the uh, um, oh my goodness, Renee's going to kill me. But anyway, I'm going to read what Renee has. She was said. twenty feet from stardom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. the important that's thing. That, well, she that's what we talked about that. Yes. Um, Ray Charles, Ray Charles. Okay. She was a backup for Ray Charles and a few others. But she said, hey, Uncle Devin, I didn't want to miss this. Here's my two cents. I have a problem with heavy capitalization of children's music by celeb musicians. If it's something that uh, they have, it's something that they have always done, I can understand. But it just seems like a snatch and grab uh, of their fan base in, a, in the marketplace, which should not be the case. And I, I would agree with that. I, you know, Renee, I've, I've been... Uh, when I was on the jazz cruise um, years ago, um, and we met with so many people, I was talking with Third World and Earth, Wind & Fire was on there and the late George Duke, and I was asking all of them, have you ever thought about doing any children's music? Have you ever thought about even just adding a child song to it? But your perspective, I totally get. If it's coming from a genuine place, yes, but the snatch and grab philosophy. But what were they saying, though? You, uh, you, I mean, what were, they, what were their responses? Well, many of them had never really thought about it, except George, the late George Duke said, Devin, I actually wrote a song. I just never mm. produced it. I've been in contact with um, Nina uh, Freelon. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw her again mm-hmm. a couple uh, about a month ago, and she has a wonderful idea of using one of our jazz greats and using the music um, as you know, for children and convert and making some child child friendly music. So I've been encouraging her to come and do that. So, but to be honest, most have never really even thought about it. I, I love what the what, what the comment uh, speaks to, uh, and you know, I would love to see, especially if people are already established and 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 relatively have their careers taken care of. I would love to see people do it outside of the industry altogether. I agree. Yes. And just release it on their website or or or, or give all the proceeds to mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. and say, you know, because, you know, I feel like, you know, the same thing happens with, with the holidays. You know, yeah. how many people got Christmas albums mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you know, now Kanye and Snoop doing gospel mm-hmm. albums. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I don't yeah. know how people feel about, you know. Whatever. I mean, I, yeah. I just feel yeah. like it, it just feels a little bit like, all right, you know, I mean, this is, it, you know, from the from the business perspective, I would think everybody should do it. Everybody should have a Christmas album, a uh, Kwanzaa album, a uh, kid's album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But to the point that the, 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 mm. the person, the, your, your, um, the commenter is making, I think that's, that's exactly right. It's, I think uh, uh, as, as little commercialism as possible should be involved. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even listen to Christmas music. How much Christmas music is children's related? I mean, I was sitting there listening the mm. other day. Um, and of course, you get into some, you know, Merry Christmas, baby. And I saw right. I saw Daddy kiss, Chris, kiss Santa Claus. But but even, um, you know, there's some art. There, there are a lot of children's artists, or a lot of artists that do make music specifically for children. And I, and I think songs like um, Frosty the Snowman and all that uh, is family. I just call it family. And so there, there's some great, wholesome family music that I think uh, that can be played in that. But uh, even Nas's I Am. Well, was too much for me. I was like, because yeah. half the tracks are like about the most horrific experiences people are going through. And I'm like, I don't want, do we have to wade through all of this misery to get to a good message <laughs> that, for the kids? That, <laughs> we, somebody talked about that. Somebody asked the question whether or not that's even, uh, you know, are you going to play that on I Am We Nation? I said, I can't. Yeah, that's not, that's not appropriate for children. It may be a good message for youth. 
mm-hmm. you know, and and, and right, youth right, and children right, are right, totally right, different. Right. You know, we're talking uh, a totally different demographic. But um, but I I would say coming back to um, the rock rock about baby uh, lullaby renditions of Snoop's music um, that I do not uh, approve it. I I would uh, encourage. Um, parents to not share that with their children especially at that age there's plenty of other great alternative music you can reach us uh at i am we nation or just just look us up on i am we nation.com and we we play a lot of it on our station but also uh, we we can share uh information uh, about that on the station i think it's a it's a great form of music adultification which we're trying to do you have uh, like a rotten tomatoes on your website, like you need to have like a, a yeah, reviews, well, like a Uncle Devin's it's reviews. Coming. It, it's coming actually. Um, so this one will get a thumbs down or whatever yeah. you want to use, a drumsticks down or whatever. Because <laughs> <laughs> we deal with that in terms of can we regenerate music that was had racist or sexist intent, and then just change the lyrics and keep the melody? Is that still good to do? So when they did that with um, Dixieland. Mm-hmm. And then turn it into a theme song with Barney about does your chain hang low? That's right. Do your yeah. ears hang low? That's right. Yeah, that's and right. Then, that's and right. then the hip hop artist came out with does your chain hang low? Right. Yeah. It was like a scary moment where I was like, yeah. I don't know if the artists even understand the origin mm-hmm. of where this comes from and what they're singing about. It's like the Red Skin theme song. Forget you say that. You know, you go back and look at the or, or, you know origin of it. Um, it was talking about you know um, uh, uh, what is it uh, Dixie and, yeah. you know it was it, it, you know so all those types of things are still there. Look, we got a couple of minutes, and I know we've been talking for a moment. Um, can uh, well, first of all, Jared, if somebody wants to reach well, either, either one of you all, they, these brothers are great for speaking engagements, for leading discussions. Uh, I know Jared has a book. How can they reach you all? I mean, I'm easy. It's, I mix what I like. dot org. I mix what I like dot org or at I mix what I like for all your relevant social media. Just you know, Google Jared Ball. It's not it's not that difficult. Okay. And I I typically don't do speaking engagements. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, but but you uh you, you say you and your year and a half now at um at yes Boy? okay all yes. right and you, how long you been at Morgan now thirteen wow thirteen years and um and I know you were uh, loving every minute of it <laughs> Uncle Deb has somebody by the way man I can't all all show long I, I forgive this if, I'm sure it's, I'm not first to it. No more Uncle Toms. We need more Uncle Devons. Oh, Can we get man. the T-shirt? Has that been made yet? Do we have... You know what? There, it's it's is, in production. Is just it in production? That. Yes. That I love of that. all the T-shirts relative to your work. That would be man, one I would love to get. Man, that we need is my brother. I appreciate that, but I would take umbrage with the use of Uncle Tom designated by a white woman, Northern. You know what? Since we talk about cultural appropriation, who he created that? It is who created the idea of an Uncle Tom. Okay. Who Josiah Henson is an African liberator of the Africans on the plantation with the place right out here in Rockville, Maryland. We got to stop using the term Uncle Tom, people. Uh, all right. And look, we're going to come back oh, to we that. We still need more Uncle Thank Devin. you all for listening. Thank my guests. And again, tune in next Monday. <laughs> and remember, life is a drum, so beat it. <laughs>